When I was going to school in Kansas, uh, we decided one night that we were just going to go for a drive. And I don't know, we, it was about six or eight of us, so we were being really safe. And we got in this little car, and uh, it was like four or five of us just laying in the back. And it was a hatchback with a big window. And, and like the idea of a rollover and being ejected out of that window uh, was not there with us because we weren't parents yet, so we weren't concerned about it. And so we just went driving. and. And we just went driving on these backcountry roads, just and it was one of those one of those nights where uh, Kansas has sky forever. I mean, there's nothing to get in the way. I mean, wheat is the only thing that is high enough to block the sun, and so that's just kind of how uh, Kansas is. And so we were just driving back roads and just looking. And it was a star-filled night. The moon was bright, and so we're just in the back looking out this hatchback and just amazed at the stars. And there was, a, uh, there was a guy, we were in his car, and he was driving. And after a little while, the girl who was in the passenger seat said, hey, can I drive for a while? And he said, sure. So he let her drive. Thankfully, he did. Thankfully, uh, because she was from Kansas. He was from Colorado. He was not too far from where I lived. He was, I played basketball against him in high school. So uh, he was Colorado. In Colorado, we have trains, but neither one of us lived near him. So uh, it wasn't a big thing for us. So we're driving down this road, screaming along down this road, looking at the stars, being goofy. And all of a sudden, she just slams on the brakes. And I mean, just slammed on the brakes and like people hitting seats and we're all just screaming forward on the thing. And we're all yelling at her, what are you doing, trying to kill us? And just as soon as we got stopped, a train just barely missed the front of the car. I know if Sam would have been driving, we probably would have been in front of the car. I mean, in front of the train, or, you know, we might have missed it, but anyway, my mind thing. And so it was so close, and we were all so scared that we all just got out of the car, and we just were all, all just like this, just, just dumbfounded by But because she was from Kansas, and because she was used to trains driving and going all the time, she saw the warning sign, the little white cross on the, on the road ahead. There was no, no, no flashing lights, no arms to drop because it's just a back country road. But she saw that crossing sign and she saw the light down the way. And she knew that a train was coming as a result of that. And I know I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have recognized it because it was a road I didn't know. She didn't know it either. But I wouldn't have, it wouldn't have cautioned me because I didn't know about the caution. Uh, I was thinking about that because if we've been going through the book of Colossians, Paul has been speaking and he's been warning the church about the false teachings and he's been warning the church about the, the empty philosophies that were that were coming in and here in colossians 2 verses 16 through 23 he continues to give them warning signs he continues to warn them about what's going on so look with me there in colossians chapter 2 verse 16. colossians 2 verse 16. it says this therefore let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food and drink, or with regard to a festival, or a new moon, or a Sabbath. These are a shadow of the things to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. Now, as we look at that there, we see that first word, therefore. What is the therefore, therefore? That's our question. What's the therefore, therefore? Okay, what's coming next, okay? All right, 
is we see that therefore, we often we have to ask ourselves, what's the therefore, therefore, okay? So we've had a week that we've rested, a week that we've slept. And so Paul has been building his point. He's been arguing his point. And he got to the end of his point, and he goes, therefore, because of what I've just taught you, this is what I want to show you next, okay? That's what he's saying. My point is this, and with that point, this is what you want to take home, okay? Because of what I just taught you, this is what you want to take home. So look at verse 11 there in Colossians 2. This is where we were last week. It says, In him also you were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God who raised him from the dead. And you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God has made alive, together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses, by canceling the record of the death that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and the authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. Therefore, and he goes on to his next point. So what he's been telling us is that we are complete in Christ, okay? What kind of circumcision do we have, physical or spiritual? Spiritual. That's what he's proclaiming. He's speaking about this spiritual circumcision that's taken place. Uh, and because of that spiritual circumcision, we are now in Christ. And now that we are in Christ, we're complete, right? There's nothing else left for us to do. We are complete in Christ. And that was contrary uh, to what was being taught. So because we are complete in Christ, because we are complete in Christ, let no one pass judgment on you uh, in question of food and drink or with regard to festival or new moon or Sabbath. These are just shadows of the things to come. That substance belongs to Christ. So why would Paul be warning them about this? Why would this be a concern for Paul? Okay, the Judaizers. The Judaizers are there. And the Judaizers, uh, they saw it as an important thing to hold to what kind of foods they ate, right? The Judaizers saw it was important to watch what kind of drinks they drank, all right? The Judaizers saw it was important uh, what festivals to follow and what the new moon or the Sabbath, all of those things had to be followed according to Judaism. All right, specific uh, regards, specific laws, that's what they had to follow. And so they were coming to the Christians and they were saying, hey, you know what? You need to do these things. If you're truly saved, you need to be doing these things. Paul's point is, we are complete in Christ. We are complete in Christ. All of those other things were just shadows of what was to come. Now, turn your Bibles real quick. Keep your finger here, but turn your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. Uh, Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 1. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 1. Hebrews 10.1 says this, 
For since the law has but a shadow of the good things to come, instead of the true form of these realities, it can never, by the same sacrifices that are continually offered every year, make perfect those who draw near. So Paul is saying there, or the writer of Hebrews, sorry, the writer of Hebrews is saying there in chapter 10 of Hebrews that the law is but a shadow. The law is but a shadow. And I shared this picture with you a couple of weeks ago. Uh, when you can stand outside and you can hear your air conditioner running, and you're standing in the shadow of the house, and you know, you step outside of the shadow, it's a little hotter, step in the shadow, it's a little cooler. How many of you hear that air conditioning running and just sit there in the shadow and go, man, this is awesome? You hear that air conditioner running, you want to bust in there, shut the door, don't let any of that cold air out, and enjoy that, that air conditioned air, right? The shadow is not enough. The Judaizers were saying, yeah, you can go in there and enjoy the air conditioning, but the shadow is where it's at. You can hear the air conditioner running, you can pay the electric bill for the air conditioner, but just enjoy the shadow. Doesn't make sense, does it? And that's what Paul is sharing with the people of Crossing. They're wanting you go make, to go back and live in the shadow, but you have the real thing. You have an air-conditioned house. Don't go back to the shadow. That's his point. That's what he's trying to make. Okay? Now let's go back to uh, Colossians 2, verse 17. And we're going to do this a lot today, so might as well get a bookmark or your spouse's hand and put that on the Bible right there in Colossians 2. But Colossians 2, verse 17 says this, These are a shadow of the things to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. So as you hear verse 17, it's just talked in verse 16 about the different rituals and the different festivals. Uh, what was the purpose of those different rituals, those different festivals? To point them to Christ. It was just a picture, just a shadow of the things to come. Those weren't intended to, to uh, save, those weren't intended to be all it was. Those were just to carry us to Christ. You guys remember when your kids were young and you bought presents for them and you spent good money for presents for them and you brought them home and they opened them up and they played with the box? You guys remember that? And drive me nuts. I mean, why did we spend any money for a toy? We could have just went to Schwann's dumpster, duct taped the bottom of it up, brought that home, and the kids would have been, woohoo, monsters! I mean, we have a cat that gets that way. If you leave a box unattended, the cat's in the box. So we wouldn't need to buy cat toys or food. But they're consumed with the things that carry it, right? That box that the toy stayed in. They're not enjoying the tool, they're enjoying the box. And that's exactly what Hinduism is doing. They were enjoying the box, and they're saying, hey, everybody should be in the box. But it was only a shadow of the things to come. Now, he says here, let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food and drink or with regard to a festival or new moon or Sabbath. So what Judaizers were often doing was looking at people and saying, well, I can't believe you eat that stuff. Don't you know that that's going to make you less spiritual if you eat that stuff? Uh, that's, that's not what you need to do. You need to be, you need to be observing these. Uh, look over to Matthew 15. Matthew 15. 
look what Jesus says here in Matthew 15. And Paul is just, just repeating uh, in different words what Jesus says here in Matthew 15, verse 18. That isn't read, right? Matthew 15, verse 18. Okay. So this is Jesus speaking. What comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart. This defiles a person. For out of the heart comes evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, slander. These are what defile a person. But to eat with unwashed hands does not defile anyone. Now, as we look at this, what does Jesus share uh, here in regards to this to the food? Okay, it's all right to eat. All right. What else does he say? The food is not what defiles us. What defiles us? The heart. The heart is desperately wicked. Right? Uh, and that's what the Judaizers were missing. They were concerned about the outward appearance. They were concerned about participating in the rituals. They were concerned about eating the right foods. Uh, they were concerned about the festivals. And the festivals would be things that would be celebrated yearly. Uh, they were concerned about those. The new moon would be something they would celebrate monthly. And then the Sabbath would be something they would celebrate weekly. So as you looked at their spiritual uh, obedience, you could see their spiritual obedience. And they could lay it out on the table and it would be obvious how spiritually obedient they were. And they would, <laughs> and Jesus says, that's not what's important. What's important is the heart. The heart is what's important. Uh, and so this is what Paul is sharing here with the Colossians, is that it, the heart is really the issue that needs to be addressed. The heart is what needs to be taken care of. So if people look at you and say, hey, you're not eating the right foods, or you're not participating in the right festivals, that's not what's important. What's important is the heart is. That's, that's what needs to be. Now, as our heart changes, doesn't that affect our behavior? Okay. It's amazing how that changes, isn't it? But the heart is really the issue. And if the heart is not where it should be, there's nothing else that's going to line up. And it doesn't matter if anything lines up. The heart is the issue. Uh, but it's amazing as you think about even your own lives. Uh, as you turn your life over to Christ, and as your heart changed, it's amazing how your desires change. It's amazing how your mindset changed. And all of a sudden you're looking, you're like, hey, you know what? This is where I should be. I'm doing these things because of a changed heart. It's changed my behavior. Right? Look over to 1 Corinthians 8. 1 Corinthians 8. It's amazing as you look at these different letters, how these churches were struggling with some of the same things. And as we look at these churches and we see them struggling with some of these same things, so thankful that uh, all of this is outdated and not applicable for us today, right? We struggle with the same things, don't we? First uh, Corinthians eight verse eight says this: Food will not commend us to God. We are no worse off if we do not eat, and no better off if we do. When we think about something that commends us towards God, what is the mindset there? What is the thought behind? What we do, okay. Okay, what we do. And what we do, what does it mean if it convinces towards God? What is that mean? Okay, makes us closer to God. So sometimes uh, people will look at things 
and they will say, hey, if we do this, if you practice this, this will draw you closer to God, okay? Uh, if you drink black tea, that automatically makes you closer to God, okay? I think about that just because I had a sin. You guys need to get on my life, okay? So if, it, if we're thinking that it commends us towards God, then we're thinking by doing this act, this outward thing, that that's going to bring me into a right relationship with God. How accurate is that compared to what we've read? It is not. It's not. Glad we don't see legalism today, right? Glad that's not something that we interfere with, interact with. But there are still those who believe that these things commend me towards God if I do them. And the thing about legalism and the thing about Judaism is it's concerned about the outward practices. Okay? It's concerned about the outward practices. What really is the problem is the heart, right? If the heart is affected, if the heart is changed, it changes my behavior. That's, that's what Paul is speaking about here. That's what, what Paul was sharing with Corinth. That's what Jesus shared in Matthew. And that's, that's where we're at. That's where we're at. All right? Any thoughts about that? Any questions about that? Oh, it's all a heart issue. It's all a heart issue. It's all a heart issue. Satan gives him a mind. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and that's interesting there. And he says that Satan puts that in our minds. But but sometimes, isn't it, and, and Satan certainly does, and I, I don't want to take that away, but isn't it sometimes even just our sinful desire? I mean, isn't it even, even one step further, isn't it just the American way? I don't want free gifts. I'll work for everything I get in. It's just, a, and it's, it's better when you work for it, right? Isn't that what we tell our kids? Hey, you know, it, I can give you this stuff, but it's better if you earn it. And until they earn it, then go, yeah, that is kind of nice. Uh, they don't see it. And so we're that way, too, in regards to a right standing with God. I don't know if I want this free gift from God. I don't know if it's just a hard thing. What I need to do is A, B, C, and D. That way I can look back and I can go, Because that's our mindset. We want to see what we've accomplished, right? My uh, uncle told me one time, Darcy and I were talking about uh, maybe going into the ministry. Glad he talked us out of it. But he said, one of the things that you'll find in ministry is with Schwann's at the end of the night, you have a receipt and you can look and you can say, hey, I did this today. This is what I accomplished today. And this is going to add this much to my bank account today. And this is, this is, this is a good day that you had. But he said, in ministry, you really can't look at the end of the day and say, hey, look what I've done. That is so contrary to what we want to do as humans in regards to our lost cause. We want to say, hey, look what I've done today. And what, what, is, what is following Christ really all about? Look what he did. That's right. Because he's going to be the one to glorify. And, and that's contrary to, to human intuition, to human desire. Because he's the one that accomplished it. Yeah, he's the it's one that accomplished it. Yeah, exactly. So exactly. Can't Exactly. Now look at Galatians 5 verse 1. Galatians 5 uh, verse 1. Gentiles eat pork chops, right? Galatians 5, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. 
Galatians 5, verse 1 says this. For freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. What is the yoke of slavery that Paul is telling the people of Galatia about? The law, legalism, the practice of legalism. Ah, there were Judaizers that came into Galatia, and they're saying, hey, you guys are doing good, but you've got to do these things. Peter even went in there and started saying, yeah, you're right, we've got to do these things. And Paul confronted Peter to his face. He said, that's not how it is. It's about grace. It's not about works. It's about grace. And notice what he says, for freedom, Christ has set us free. Don't put yourself again under that yoke of slavery. So what he's saying is that Christ has given us freedom. What we have in our relationship with Christ has given us freedom from the law. Why would we go back and work under the law? If freedom is ours, why would we go back? Why would we go back? And that's what the people of Galatia were doing, and that's what the people of Colossae were in danger of doing, is that they have this freedom in Christ, but yet they're wanting to go back under the yoke of slavery and work again and seek to earn a right standing with God through their own works. And as you think about that, what is the result of that? Working for it. What's that? Exhausting. Exhausting. Why is it exhausting? You're never going to achieve it. You're never going to be good enough. No matter how hard you try. And, and that's what Paul uh, says here. That's what they were arguing about in Acts 15. Is this is this is too big. We as Judaizers, we as Jews couldn't accomplish it. Why are we trying to handle that, hand that over to the Jew, to the Gentiles? We we have the air-conditioned house. Why are we all standing out here listening to the air conditioner run? Let's get in there. We can't cool ourselves off. Let's get in and enjoy it. And that's what Paul was talking about here. And that's what that's what Colossae was facing uh, as they were going through this is this battle of legalism. And, and you know, there are churches today, there are followers of Christ today that struggle with the same thing. They struggle with the same thing. They, they want to follow that legalistic practice and, and, and stay uh, under that yoke of slavery, and they're striving to stay under it. Now, does that mean that uh, as followers of Christ, we can act like we want to act? But as a follower of Christ, with my new heart, there's going to be some behavior changes that are going to change. Okay? But that doesn't mean that I have to do this to be in a right standing God, because it's all about my heart. Does that make sense? Yeah. Good words doesn't produce salvation, but salvation will produce good works. Right. We'll get better. Right. Uh, our good works don't produce salvation. Salvation produces good works. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the result. It's all about the heart. It's all about the heart. Uh, and it's amazing how that changes. And some of the things that we used to do, uh, we can look and see those changes taking place in our lives. And it's not necessarily a conscious effort for us, but it's a heart change. We just don't desire to do those things anymore. Okay, let's look at Colossians 2 18 and 19. And I was afraid we were going to run out of time. It's okay, we won't have to go next door. 
Colossians 2 verse 18 says this, let no one disqualify you insisting on asceticism and the worship of angels, going on in detail about visions, puffed up without reason by his sensuous mind and not holding fast to the head, from whom the whole body nourished and knit together through its joints and ligaments grows with a growth that is from God. Now, it speaks about asceticism here. Uh, what is self, what is asceticism? What is that? Good, glad to hear that no one knows. Uh, asceticism is, is a mindset of, of self-discipline. Uh, it's, it's the avoidance of all forms of indulgences, uh, and it's, it's done for religious reasons. Uh, one who is ascetic uh, practices rigorous, uh, rigorous self-denial, uh, practices rigorous uh, efforts to try to be whole. Uh, like sometimes uh, in, in Catholicism and in, in church history, uh, you would see people that would, that would see it was important for them to walk to church on their knees so that they could experience the pain on their knees. And so uh, you think about that practice, it's kind of a, a crazy practice, but you know that they were willing to suffer like that for Jesus and that made them more spiritual than other people. And so that self-denial, that strong self-denial and, and doing those kinds of, of, of rigorous practices, uh, those would be things and people would see that as a good thing. And so that is kind of that mindset of, of asceticism. Uh, and so he says, let no one disqualify you. Now, what does this mean, let no one disqualify you? What does that mean? Okay, from the words of grace. Okay, uh, if we fall under this ascetic mindset, okay, uh, then, then this draws us away from what Christ has done for us. And as we're practicing these ascetic practices, what really is the focus of those practices? It's all about me, right? It's all about me. I do these, and we never do those alone, right? We make sure that others see us, okay? I give to the poor so everybody can see me giving to the poor. Uh, there's no secrets, okay? That's that's it. Um, out here, I pick, I pick 127 and Medina Road to walk to church on my knees so that everybody drives by and sees me. Man, that guy, he's so spiritual. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Fasting, fasting for the wrong reasons would certainly be that. If I'm if if I'm fasting and I'm praying and it is something that I'm desiring to do to strengthen my relationship with God, that's okay. But if I'm fasting so that you all know that I'm fasting, what is my purpose? That's what Jesus talks about in Matthew six, uh, just about don't do your works in front of people to be noticed. Uh, you know, uh, sometimes we can get in that about praying for people and praying for you, just so they say, man, this guy must spend 24 seven in prayer. He's always offering to pray for me. If that's all my, if that's the only reason I'm doing it, it's not doing any good. But if I'm seriously coming alongside people and just saying, hey, I will pray for you, it is a, it is something that I'm doing, that I'm doing it for the right reasons. Uh, so it has to make sure that it's, it's this is the reason and not this. And that's asceticism, is, is this practice, just so I'm seen by man. It's funny, that, that, question. Seems, that seems big as a point, just to think that we're not good enough. You can sit there and tell you you're yeah. not good enough, and you can do these things. Yeah, exactly. That's what you do. Exactly. 
Exactly. And and we like the applause of men too, don't we? You know, we like to be in the, the church bulletin. <laughs> we like that, don't we? We like the kudos. Uh, and so when we get those kudos, if that's our focus, and this is not, then we run into a problem. And unfortunately, this is human nature. Honestly, I mean, maybe not for us, but the people in Canada, what do you want to talk about? Uh, but this is our focus, is, is we want to be people pleasers. We, we, we want to be recognized as spiritual. We want to be recognized as, as, as St. Darren. That's, that's what we want our license plates to say about parking spots. Uh, and we forget that this is really what it's about. Okay? Uh, so the impact of this asceticism uh, really would, would lead them away from Christ. Now, now look at verse 19 back here in Colossians 2. Uh, it says this, Not holding fast to the head, from whom the whole body nourished and knit together through its joints and ligaments, grows with a growth that is from God. So according to verse 19, instead of asceticism, what should be our practice? Follow Christ. Hold on to the head. Who's the head? Christ is. So we need to make sure that we're holding on to the head. And as we hold on to the head, what's going to be the result according to verse 19? Starts with G, ends with growth. Growth. Great. That's going to be the result. So think about this with this whole asceticism mindset. If my heart is changed, and I'm holding on to Christ, and I'm following Christ, what's going to happen to my works? What's going to happen to the practices that I practice? They're going to increase. I'm going to be more like Christ, aren't I? As I grow, and growth is in my life, I'm going to walk and be closer to Christ. So as a result of that, I'm going to look more spiritual, right? That's not my goal. My goal is not that. My goal is to be close to Christ. And so that's going to be the that's going to be the goal. So if I'm just working to look presentable, then I'm doing it for the wrong reasons. I cannot remember this guy's name, but he has cerebral palsy, and he speaks everywhere, travels all over, speaking. And what's that? Okay. Okay. So he speaks all over, and one of the things he says is he says, "I have cerebral palsy. What's your problem?" And you can barely understand him, but but once you like once you focus in on what he's saying, it's amazing how you can track with him. When you first hear him, when you first start hearing him speak, it's kind of tough to, to pick up. But then pretty soon you kind of learn the lingo and you're kind of in with him. It's amazing. Uh, he spoke in Colorado a couple of different times, and so you just kind of you kind of just focus on. Him. But he has this. He's he's doing this message and he's speaking about our heart relationship, how we are with Christ, and. He just begins to go, man, it's so hot in here. He takes off his jacket, and he turns around, and he's got a hole like this big in his back of his shirt. All right? And his sleeves have, got, have holes in them. Uh, and he takes off his shoes, and his, his socks have holes in them. Uh, and, and the longer he talks, the more you see these little things that are wrong with his, with his attire. And then his whole point is, when I got here, I looked pretty good. But this is me. This is this is what I am. Uh, and he says the outward appearance does not matter. The outward appearance does not matter before God. 
it's the inward things that matter to you. Uh, and when we address the outer and forget the inner, then we're doing no good. It's not a good thing. All right, so that's where we are. I think we're going to stop right there. Well, the law was important under the old covenant. The law was important under the old covenant. Yes. yes, exactly. And that's the Judaizers as they were coming. Uh, they're they're blinded to the new covenant. They're blinded to what they have in Christ or what's available in Christ. And as a result of that, they're preaching the old covenant. Forget the new covenant. And and uh, you know, then even today we take parts of the old covenant. And want to live under parts of the old covenant and abandon the new covenant. All right. We'll